0: Father, we come before you today grateful for your grace, grateful for the way you minister to our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness to us and always being there to provide for us. And so many times we take for granted exactly how good you have been forget about the great people that you've placed in our lives, individuals who have helped us to become the people that we are, individuals who have loved us along the way, whether it be a family member, a spouse, it could be a neighbor, someone else who walked alongside us, or maybe for some of us we look and the only thing we can recognize is the fact that you loved us enough to send your son to die for us. If you did nothing else for us, that would be enough I pray today before we talk about anything else, I pray that if there be one here today that does not know you, that today would be the day of salvation, that they would reach a point where they would recognize the need for you, that you would do whatever it takes to bring us into a right relationship with you so that when we walk out of here, we can walk out with the peace and the grace that you have made a way for us to be redeemed. Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you that you have shown us grace even as at times we have not been faithful to you. But Lord, we also ask that you would be with those who are hurting, whether it be a physical pain with one who is sick. I pray that you be with those who are uh, in the hospital today, those who are waiting doctor's appointments and surgeries and different things. Lord, I pray that you would move miraculously. We know that you're the great physician and As much as we're grateful for the doctors and nurses and medications, our greatest hope is you. And we pray that as the great physician that you would intervene for us, that you would perform miracles, and that we would be able to look back and say that our God is still on the throne. And if you choose not to work in a way that we desire, Lord, I pray that your grace would be sufficient for us. I pray that you would give us a peace that passes all understanding, and I pray that you would move in a way that we would know that we do not walk this journey alone. I pray that you would be with those who grieve, as uh, within this group today there are multiple individuals who have lost loved ones in recent days. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would send comfort, that you would be there with them, and that you would continually remind them of your grace and your strength. Where we are weak, we are weak we need your strength today. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in each of the individuals' lives at the altar this morning. I pray that each individual would recognize your presence in their lives, the touch that you have upon them. May they lean wholly on you regardless of how long they walk this journey. And I pray that this would draw them even closer to you than they ever have been before. Lord, I pray that you would receive honor within our brokenness. Lord, I pray now that as we partake in the giving and receiving of the the Lord's offerings, Lord, I pray that you would use these gifts for your glory. I pray that you'd help us to give with joyful hearts, knowing that we are investing in your kingdom, and I pray that you would open up doors that we might be able to reach more people for you in the days that follow. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated this time the ushers will come and they'll receive our morning tithes and offerings. It is a blessing to have each of you with us today and uh, it is, I feel like I am running around here with it like a chicken with my head cut off. Uh, I was teaching a Sunday school class this morning and apparently lost track of what I was up to so that's why I'm here with y'all today, last minute sort of thing, so It is a blessing to have each of you with us today, and as we enter into this Christmas season, it's always such a special time. Uh, There are often times we have lost some of the tradition of the church, and it is within the Christmas season that sometimes we're able to be reminded of that tradition. Uh, There are some things that the church used to do that I'm not sure I really want the church to do moving forward, Uh, but there are other things that I love about what the church used to do. I'll give you an example, and Jerry may have mentioned this when he was up earlier, but tonight we have a children's Christmas program that will be taking place here at the church, uh, and it will be at 6 o'clock, and if you would like to come, we would love to have you be a part of that program tonight. We won't make you get up on the stage and sing in front of everybody else, but being here for the kids is just as important as what they will do up here on the platform, Uh, After the program is over, we will have light refreshments and cookies and that kind of stuff. It will be a great time. This is a little bit unique for us because in the past we have done this in the morning service and we're trying it in the evening service. So I'm asking you to come back tonight if you can at six o'clock and it should run till about seven o'clock. The children have worked incredibly hard And they are ready, and they are going to do a great job. You will not be disappointed uh, if you're able to come back and join us this evening. So uh, that's the plug. That's the advertisement I have for you. Now, let me preach for a minute, if that's okay. Uh, This summer, a group of uh, 12 boys from Thailand, along with their soccer coach, traveled into a dark cave, completely unaware of the dangers... That were awaiting them shortly after entering the cave heavy rains began to fall sealing off any chance of escape. They were forced deeper into the darkness of the cave within hours parents began to realize that something was wrong their kids were not returning home and a massive rescue effort would begin involving cave divers from all around the world. But this would not be a quick expedition. As days passed, divers descended into the cave, searching and hoping that they might find at least some of the boys alive. Can you imagine the thoughts that went through the minds of those boys and their coach? Can you imagine how dark that cave must have seemed? The only source of light, the entrance to the cave, was miles away, and the divers described the water that they would swim through to get to them as being thick, like coffee, allowing no light to pass through. Now, can you imagine that moment, which is on the screen back here, can you imagine that moment? Ten days after they descended into the cave, when suddenly a light emerged from the water. Now you've been in there for ten days. It has been nothing but darkness. And suddenly you see a light emerging from the darkness. It was a British rescue diver elated to find all 13 individuals, the 12 boys and their soccer coach, alive. It would take days before this difficult rescue would be completed, but it would be completed with only one of the rescuers dying in the process. I can't imagine that any of these boys would ever want to go inside a cave again in their lives. Well, darkness is nothing new. But there are varying degrees of darkness. You guys know I'm one of those guys, I like to go walking, and often I go walking late at night. And there are times where it is dark, and then there are times that it is really dark. I carry a flashlight with me, and often I won't even use the flashlight because I can kind of see until I get to those areas where there's a lot more trees and other things around us, blocking out all the extra lighting in the area, blocking out even the moon. And in those moments, it is incredibly dark. Dark has always been present, but clearly there are different degrees of darkness. I read last week of a town called Barrow, Alaska. It is the northernmost city in the United States. And just this past week, it entered into its prolonged night. In an annual period of 65 days... When the temperature will not rise above zero degrees and the sun will not rise at all, it is a perpetual darkness. Whether you are trapped in a dark cave or you are living in Barrow, Alaska, the thing that every individual looks forward to is the moment when that light once again appears. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Bible scholars believe that as Jesus spoke these words, he was very intentional with where he spoke it and when he spoke it during the seven-day feast of tabernacles. God had inaugurated this feast among the Jewish people to remind them that he had led their ancestors during their 40 years in the wilderness with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So on the opening night of this celebration, a giant menorah with large bowls of oil was set on the temple grounds. Then with great pomp and ceremony, The bowls of oil were set on fire. Ancient accounts say that the light from this giant menorah on the temple mound lit up streets of Jerusalem below so that everyone could see, no matter how dark it had been before, the moment that those candles were lit, everyone in Jerusalem could see. The Gospel of John tells us that Jesus was speaking to the people on the temple mount probably near the great menorah, Bible scholars suggest that Jesus may have timed the saying of these words, I am the light of the world, with the actual lighting of the menorah. So that when suddenly the darkness of the evening was dispelled by the towering flames, Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk In darkness, but will have the light of life. Today I begin a series entitled The Light Has Come. As we go through this Christmas season, what I want you to see is that the coming of Jesus, the light of the world, changes everything. It brings hope, it brings healing, it brings comfort, it brings forgiveness. And it brings light in the midst of whatever darkness you walk in today. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, as we look at where all of this begins. This is uh, uh, a rich passage, and sometimes we don't connect it necessarily to the Christmas season, but this is where it all begins. This is the beginning of the story for us. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, says this. Father, I ask right now that you would take this scripture that we've just read and that you would allow us to understand it clearly, applying it to our hearts and to our current situations. May your name be honored by all that we say and do in this time that remains together today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The story is told of a grandfather who took his little grandson for a walk in the woods. As they were walking along, the grandfather stopped for a moment, and he looked down. He said, do you know where you are? The little boy said no. The grandfather asked, do you know where you're going? The little boy again said no. The grandfather kind of began to laugh a little. He said, well, I guess you're lost then. And the boy looked up at his grandfather, and he said, no, I'm not lost. I'm with you. Likewise, as long as Christ is a part of our lives, then we are never truly lost. He is our light. He is our salvation. But the truth is that Jesus has always been a part. He has always been present with humanity. There's never been a time where man existed and Jesus did not exist. In fact, the mere idea of such a thing would be considered absurd. In reality, Jesus is the author of life, which means it is ridiculous to imagine that the created world could have existed without Christ, the creator. It would be like me and this book that I have up here. This book is uh, the result of something that I did many years ago. I took a master's program, and one of the last assignments for that program was for me to publish the work that I had done. Um, I will tell you, this is in no way a commercial for you guys to go out and buy my book. It has the name on here, A Journey to Becoming a Better Pastor, and my name on it. I don't want you to go and buy this book. This is The Fulfillment of a Grade. (laughs) (laughs) That is the purpose of this book. And the thing is, I will look at this, this is more about my journey and how I got to that point, why I went back to school, Uh, some of the assignments I had to put in there. I didn't have to put all of them, but at least a good collection of them. And I will tell you, if you ever have troubles falling asleep at night, this would be a good tool for you. Uh, If you can't listen to my sermons online, you could do that, but here's the thing, we know that this book didn't exist before I did because I'm the author of this book. and In the same way, humanity didn't exist in any way before Christ did because Christ is the author of humanity. He's the one who put it all into place. He's the one who began that process. The reality is God has always been a part of creation. It says here in our passage, "...in the beginning was the Word." The Word is Jesus Christ, and He was there as a part of every aspect of creation. Why does that matter? Often the coming of Christ to humanity has been portrayed as being somewhat of an emergency plan, an intervention that God had to do. It's as if God the Father suddenly realized that this world was in trouble and had to do something to fix all our problems But the truth is that Jesus had been God's plan for salvation even before creation began, before Adam and Eve ever sinned. Verse 4 tells us that in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Now, I want you to think about the implications of this for a moment. As Jesus is the source of all life, As Jesus participated in forming the first man, as God breathed life into Adam, assuming that God truly is all-knowing, Jesus already knew what this creation would cost him. He knew that the moment he put this out there, his fate would be sealed. Mankind would sin. And they would need a redeemer. And Jesus would be the only one who would be suitable to be that redeemer. What that means is that God already loved us so much that he would do whatever it took to make redemption possible for us. Even if that meant giving people the opportunity to choose. Even if that meant... Many would choose some other God or no God at all. Even if that meant Jesus would have to die. God must really love you a lot. Well, As we look more closely at the creation story back in Genesis chapter 1, we see that darkness was always present from the very beginning. Beginning in verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. It's interesting that God never called the darkness good. He called the light good, but he never calls the darkness good, yet he allows it to remain, only piercing through it on a daily basis. That's because darkness is simply a part of life. In literature, darkness can symbolize many different things and none of it good. At times, it can reference a lack of knowledge or it can reference illiteracy. Knowledge is the contrasting image as we refer to people as being enlightened, those who now have received knowledge. At other times, it can refer to pain or sorrow. A familiar image from the scriptures comes from Psalm chapter 23. It talks about us walking through the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow suggests darkness. During sorrowful and difficult times. And Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Again, it is the night or in the darkness where sorrow and weeping are present. And at other times, darkness is symbolic of loneliness. Remember when Jesus hung on the cross and the sky drew dark. In Mark chapter 15, verse 33, it says, At noon, darkness came over the whole land. It was at that moment for about three hours as the father seemingly turned his back on the punishment that was being placed upon Jesus Christ. Certainly, there was a sense of solitude, even with all of those people around him hurling insults at him in that moment. But perhaps the most common use of darkness as an image in literature is used to symbolize sin and evil, or even the evil one. John 3, verses 19 to 20 illustrates this very well for us. Listen to what it says. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. The light that is referenced here is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. But the truth is that darkness is simply a part of our world. But don't be disheartened by the presence of darkness. Just because darkness will always exist in our world doesn't mean that we have to work or walk in darkness. We read in Isaiah 9, 2, that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. It doesn't mean that darkness no longer exists around us, It simply means that we have something that has brought great light to us. This is what I call the futility of darkness. As powerful as the darkness may be, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, came to pierce through that darkness. Again, there's no question whether darkness will occur. But we can and we must walk in the light, not in the darkness a thought came to my mind this week as I prepared for this message. And I will admit that it is an uncomfortable thought. Is it possible that we have become so accustomed to the darkness that we're actually okay with its presence in our lives today? Even just a little bit. Hear me, hear me out for a moment. I don't know that anyone wants to be in that really dark cave with those 13 young men. But maybe we've reached a point where a little bit of darkness is okay for us. When I was a youth pastor, I often used an illustration with my teenagers. I would offer to make them brownies. Now, y'all know that I am not a baker. That is not in my spiritual gifting. I am grateful that my wife can bake much better than I can. But I can talk up a good game when it comes to brownies. I can explain what it's going to have in it. It's going to be moist, and it's going to have sugar and a little bit of chocolate. It's even going to have those little nuts in there. And it sounds like something that everybody is going to want. Until I mention the last ingredient. And at this point, the kids would kind of, you could see them cringe like, oh, that's disgusting. It wasn't a lot, but it was just a little bit, as I just added a small piece of dog poop. With everything else in there, you probably would never even taste it. You wouldn't even know that it was there. And you guys know I'm not a big chocolate fan. And I think they all look the same anyways. I mean, you could disguise it. Nobody would even know that it was there. Ironically, suddenly nobody wanted my brownies. Now, this illustration would do two things. First, it kept people from asking me to make brownies for them. But second, it illustrated the point that a little bit of filth is still filth even with all of the good that may be present there, if you allow a little bit of the filth to come in, at some point everything about it is ruined. But what has happened is within the church, I fear that we have reached a point where a little bit of filth is okay. A little bit of disgusting is somehow acceptable because the rest of our world says that it is acceptable. I have a friend who works with the local police department. He's got multiple responsibilities that are on him, but one of those responsibilities is with the gang unit. And often as they make arrests, they're able to confiscate various items, and some of those items end up as trophies for them, where they can look back and they can say, that's where we caught this group of individuals, and they have various trophies on their walls. As you walk into his office, the first thing that you notice is one of his trophies. It is a shirt that simply says a four-letter word followed by the word Y-O-U. You can kind of imagine what the four-letter word was before there. I don't think anyone would be okay with seeing me wear a shirt like that. Probably nobody in this room would actually wear a shirt like that. I'll contrast that with another shirt that I was given many years ago. I was working at a convenience store in Pendleton, South Carolina, and often the vendors would come through and they would give us various promotional items. So they would give us things like t-shirts and hats that had their items on it. This one in particular was a Marlboro shirt. As a youth pastor... Who was calling our teens to live holy and to avoid any form of addiction? I ended up having to throw that shirt away. I wonder which one of those two shirts would you be more likely to wear? Now, I know the first thought here. The pastor just told us he threw his Marlboro shirt away, so I'm not offering it to anybody. But if you had to wear those two shirts, which ones would you wear? Would you wear the one that says an obscenity? Or would you wear the one that has the cigarettes on it? Now here's the problem. Holiness does not come in shades. We have reached a point in the church... Well, we're okay with a little bit of sin coming in, and that's not as bad as another, so we're going to go ahead and pick this one over the other one. Well, being not as bad is not enough. God has called us to live holy lives, which means there is no room for anything that is unholy within our lives. If it compromises the body of Christ, if it compromises our walk with Him, it does not belong in our lives. It was not as dark as what other people are going through. And I will celebrate, it may not be as dark as what other people are going through. But if we allow sin to exist and we reach a point where we're okay with it being there, something is wrong. Jesus didn't come just to turn down the darkness. Jesus came and he said, I am the light of the world. He came to dispel the darkness so that we could be free of that darkness. I know we still live in a world where sin is present. And that darkness will be very, very real around us. But we can and we must walk in the light of Jesus Christ. There is not room for the believer to remain in darkness. In the book of Revelation, there is a passage that we're all probably somewhat familiar with in Revelation chapter 3. It's the church of Laodicea, and they're receiving a letter from God, and as they receive this letter from God, they are commended, but they are also rebuked. In their case, their rebuke is this. He says, You have become lukewarm. He says, I wish you were either hot or cold. I'm going to use this and I wish you were either light or dark. But He said, instead, you are lukewarm. That passage confused me for years because I never really understood why God would say, I wish you were either light or dark. I can understand him saying, I wish you were Light, I wish you were hot. I wish you were on fire. You were passionately sold out for Jesus Christ. I understand that 100%. But why would God say that I wish you were cold? I wish you were dark. Because he looks at the church and he looks at the church and realizes that we no longer represent who he is. We represent a variation that really doesn't show him the way he ought to be when we're lukewarm. God desires for us to be more than just half-heartedly following Christ. He wants us to pursue him with everything that we have. Just turning up the lights a little bit is not enough. Jesus came to bring light to this world. I gave you some illustrations of what darkness is and what it represents throughout history and certainly some of us today are walking through very dark times, maybe because of grief, maybe because of hard things that we're facing, maybe because of loneliness. Understand that in the midst of that darkness, we have a Savior who has come and He is still the light of the world. And he is the one who can comfort, and he is the one who will strengthen. He is the one who will walk alongside you, and he will be your fulfillment. That hasn't changed. Some of us are walking in darkness by our own choice because we've allowed sin to remain. You say, But it's not the cave kind of darkness. It's not that city up in Alaska. It doesn't matter if we are walking in darkness. Jesus Christ came to give us light. Let those who previously walked in darkness no longer walk in darkness for they have seen a great light. Maybe today you need to confess to the Lord because you've been satisfied with living in a little bit of darkness. Maybe you simply need to appeal to him in your moment of darkness. God, I need your help I need your comfort. I don't always do this, but this morning I want to open up the altar. And there's two special invitations. There, number one, if you are walking in darkness by your own choice, it is time to come before him and to ask him to enlighten you. So allow his light to set you free. But also for those who are broken. And walking in darkness because of their current circumstance, it is time for you to seek him out and allow him to bring light. To that brokenness. If you would, I'm asking everyone to stand. And I'm going to pray, but before I do so, if everyone bow your heads and close your eyes, I'm going to open up the altar. I'm going to invite you to come. No music playing, nothing. I'm just going to invite you to come. Maybe today you need to come and allow God's light to come in and change something in you. I invite you to come now. anyone else father we come before you today grateful for the light that you have shined upon us we're grateful today to know that you are not content leaving us in the midst of our darkness but you have made a way for us to truly be set free but I pray right now that you would touch those who are broken those who right now are going through difficult days, whether it be because of grief, or because of a situation at work or a financial struggle, maybe it's a, a fear that they're walking in today. Lord, I pray that you would be their light, that you would show them the way. Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, and today. We come and we ask that you would reveal to us your presence in the midst of our darkness, in the midst of our dark days. Lord, I pray for your comfort and your strength. Allow us to walk through those days victorious, knowing that at the end we have a great promise that is in store for us. Lord, we look forward to the day we are reunited with you and all darkness will be dispelled for all eternity. Lord, I pray also for those who perhaps... They're walking in darkness because of their own choices. They've allowed sin to remain in them and it has no business being there. And that darkness at times seems darker than at other times, but that darkness seems to always be present. And I pray that at this moment you would come in and you would dispel the darkness, you would grant forgiveness of sins, and I pray that from this moment forward we would be able to walk in the light of Christ. But I pray that you would enable us to see clearly the effect of sin, and I pray that you would allow us moving forward to no longer be enslaved by that sin. Let us also see the effect of your grace. I pray that you would set us free for the individuals that have come forward this morning. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill them today. Allow them to know that your presence is not something that is haphazardly offered, but it is offered because you love us more than life itself. Fill them, work in them, allow your light to shine in and through them. In Christ's name we pray, amen. It is truly a blessing to be able to worship with you and to celebrate God's faithfulness to us to know that we are the light of Christ. Let me challenge you as I dismiss you to go out as those who are the light of Christ. As the light dwells in you, you share that light with a world that desperately needs that light today. Thank you for being with us and go in peace.